When the wise men had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to be here with us this morning, and we trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. In a very early and probably most famous scene in Les Miserables, both the novel and the musical and the film, and um, just for the record, uh, n- no spoiler alerts ought to be necessary since the novel was published in ahem, 1862. So here's your spoiler. In Les Miserables, they're all miserable. <laughs> anyway, in an early scene, Jean Valjean, the sort of hero of the story, the main character, is invited to stay in the home of a bishop. He's just been paroled from prison after 19 years spent in hard labor for stealing a loaf of bread to feed his starving sister's son. And since he's released, he's been sort of marked as a thief on his identification. And so everybody knows his standing in society, and he's actually been refused a room at the inn. Get it? A room at the inn? But the bishop extends him hospitality and goes further than that, in fact, treats him basically as one of his own sons. Overcome by the facts of his situation and the the bleak outlook for the rest of his life, Jean Valjean uh, eventually, late that night, steals all the silver in the bishop's house and takes off. Now, he doesn't get very far before he's arrested and dragged back to the house, sure that he is about to be sent back to prison for the rest of his life for a second offense. Now, thrown to the ground in front of the clergyman, Valjean is shocked to hear the bishop say, My son, you've forgotten these two candlesticks. I gave you all this silver. How could you leave behind the most valuable pieces? And with that, Valjean is set free. And not only is he set free, but he is given all the silver that he wanted to steal to start a new life. And as you might imagine, this experience changes his entire life, his entire way of thinking about life. In that moment, Jean Valjean goes from seeing the world through a lens of, of law, of karma, of tit-for-tat, or of you get what you deserve, to seeing the world through a lens of grace and love, mercy, and forgiveness. It, it, it is for him a total paradigm shift, total. And it is the overriding theme of the whole story. And with that shift in mind, from judgment and prison to mercy and forgiveness, let's 
Consider the story of the wise men that we read this morning from Matthew chapter 2. They come following a star because they've heard that it will lead them to the newborn future king of the Jews. And they want to pay him homage. The star first leads them to Jerusalem where they run into King Herod who hears this news and becomes frightened. Because of course if the Jews have a new king, that means... Herod is going to be out of a job. So Herod tells the wise men that he wants to go pay the new king homage too. So they should go, and when they find the child, they should come back and tell Herod where he is. Of course, if we were to read just a few verses further, we'd find out what Herod was really up to. Because when he found out that the wise men the wise men had not come with a report about the whereabouts of the new king of the Jews, that they'd gone home by a different road. Herod gives an order that every newborn boy, age two and under, in that entire area be killed. We refer to this in the church as the slaughter of the holy innocents. And uh, this is what Herod was really up to. If he couldn't get rid of the next king of the Jews, he'd get rid of everyone. So what happened with the wise men? What made them decide to go home by a different route? Well, we read, of course, that they were warned in a dream, but something else happened too, something profound, something that changed everything. They met Jesus Christ. I want to tell you uh, one more story from Les Miserables. There's a, a police inspector who's after Jean Valjean for the entire length of the story. He's Because um, Valjean has broken his parole in order to care for an orphan, and several times over the course of the story, Valjean shows mercy to this police inspector inspector named Javert. He, he, he either turns himself into Javert or refuses to run away again, or even once he has the opportunity himself to kill Javert and refuses to do it, sparing his life explicitly. And after one final act of mercy on Valjean's part, Javert sings a song, and here's a little piece of it. I'm not going to sing. Don't worry. Although, perhaps I could do Russell Crowe some justice, right? Um, So this is what Javert sings after this sort of final moment of mercy. Who is this man? What sort of devil is he to have me caught in a trap and choose to let me go free? It was his hour at last to put the seal on my fate, wipe out the past, and wash me clean off the slate. All it would take was a flick of his knife. Vengeance was his, and he gave me back my life. Damned if I'll live in the debt of a thief, damned if I'll yield at the end of the chase. I am the law, and the law is not mocked. I'll spit his pity right back in his face. There is nothing on earth that we share. It is either Valjean or Javert. Then, 
Again, we have a 150-year-old spoiler alert. Javert throws himself into a river, committing suicide. He can't deal with the level of mercy that he has received. He can't comprehend love. He can't live in a world where grace and forgiveness have a life more powerful than judgment and love. His world doesn't make sense anymore. Everything changes for him, too. But he can't handle it. We call this Sunday the Sunday of the Epiphany. One way to translate that word is a a sudden revelation, like an aha moment. And in the church, it's it's specifically referring to the revelation of God, the manifestation of God here on earth. That's what the wise men were witness to. They know that they can't go back to Herod and sell out this newborn child because they've come into contact with God on earth. They've experienced an epiphany. But get this. This is not the first time that God has been revealed. The most notable previous time was when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. And we've talked before about this theological idea of the law, the Ten Commandments being a description of God. Right, a, a description of the holiness of God. They reveal aspects of what he's like. So he is revealed in the giving of the law. But we don't call that the epiphany. That's not the aha moment. We save the word epiphany, the sudden revelation of God, the aha moment for the recognition of of Jesus Christ. John says that the law came through Moses, but that grace and peace came through Jesus Christ. So which one's the aha moment? Which one's the epiphany? Well, the law works just the way we expect things to work. Valjean expects the bishop to have him arrested. After all, he is a thief. Javert expects Valjean to kill him when he has the chance. After all, Javert's plan is to throw him in prison for the rest of his life. Were those things to happen, we'd all nod our heads, think, well, that makes sense, and throw Victor Hugo's 1,488-page novel on the trash heap because it would be old news. Boring. A yawn. But the gospel, the good news that grace exists, that mercy and love trump everything else, that a sinner might not get what's coming to him, but instead be given more gifts. When Javert comes into contact with this revolutionary idea, this epiphany, he can't handle it. It runs so counter to the way in which he needs the world to work that he can't stand living anymore. But for Valjean and the wise men, it changes everything. 
changed for the wise men that night so many years ago, and it does the same for us today. See, we expect the revelation of God to be like the giving of the Ten Commandments. Judgment, rules, requirements, law. These are the things we think of when we think of God. Remember Isaiah's reaction when he finds himself in the throne room of God. He says, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips. Remember Peter's reaction when he realizes that Jesus is more than just a man. He says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. That's what we expect. The arrival of the arrival of God comes to the tune of my boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble. So it is an earth-shaking epiphany when God becomes incarnate on earth and he is not a judge, but a savior. When he is a healer, a minister, an offering and sacrifice for others. Life makes more sense Javert's way if everybody just got what they deserved. But that's terrible news for all of us. We've got it so much better. See, we're like Jean Valjean. All too often we feel like we've been dragged back into God's house and we know we're guilty. We did the thing that we're accused of. In a few moments, we'll make a simple confession Simple enough that it encompasses everyone. We'll say, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. And we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Who can get out from under that? The good news, though. The announcement that shakes the earth and shatters the way we think the world works. Is that God himself came down to earth and turned the axis of the world from Javert's way, in which everyone gets what they deserve, to Valjean's way, in which everyone gets way better than they deserve. In fact, he got the death that we deserve. And we get the perfection that he deserves. Now that is an epiphany. Amen.